social media has the word social in it. So mm-hmm. you're supposed to be building a community. And I think a lot of people get on social media and they scroll, 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 judge, 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 and they don't do anything to socialize. Welcome to How Do You Feel, a podcast with info and inspo to help you tune in to your fitness, nutrition, and mindset. I'm your host, Casey Zavaleta, and together we'll explore how we can optimize our physical and mental health so that we radiate positivity and happiness from the inside out. In this episode of How Do You Feel, I chat with Sarah Kunar. Sarah is an entrepreneur, the founder of Platform Media and Management, which is an agency that represents influencers on Instagram, and she's also a former magazine editor. Sarah is someone that's very near and dear to my heart because she's been a personal training client of mine for the past two years and in turn has become a very good friend. In this conversation, we cover lots of awesome topics. We talk a lot about becoming an entrepreneur and the challenges of entrepreneurship. We also talk about being a female in the business world. And then we also touch on using Instagram to create an online community and really providing value and being a storyteller um, through your account on Instagram. We talk about Instagram for marketing and timing when posting. So lots of great content in this episode. I hope you guys enjoy listening to this conversation as much as I did having it. I didn't know what an entrepreneur was. I knew I wanted to have an office like my dad's. So I knew that my dad owned a business. He gave me, when I was like four or five, he gave me business cards with like his business on it. And it said, cause he was the president of the company. So it said like Sarah Kunar, assistant to the president. So I, like, so I like, I went to kindergarten that day and I like gave my cards out to everyone. I'm like, here you go, here you go. So I, I think I knew I wanted to be like a businesswoman. I just didn't exactly know what that was. I just wanted an office. I wanted to like be cool. I wanted to go on coffee breaks with people. But I didn't like know what that was because I was like five or six years old. As I got older, my teachers in school like wanted me to be like a lawyer or a a journalist because they said I had those kind of like asking questions, being curious, you know, getting to the bottom of things personality. So that's sort of, I was like, okay, kind of after school, I didn't think about being an entrepreneur because I was like, no, I'm just going to be, you know, an editor at Vogue or something. <laughs> no big <laughs> you know, deal. Just set my heights really <laughs> high. But it became super apparent once I started getting like real jobs that like naturally almost in every job I ever had, the owner or the CEO or whatever would always kind of take me under their wing because I would ask questions. I would be curious. I'd be like, so how does this work? And so I think they always found like, you know, they're like, oh, this girl wants to learn. And I kind of want to tell her, you know, how things work. So I just sort of came to a point where I was like, I felt confident enough I could do it on my own. But it took like 10 years to get that confidence. So what was the, what was the launching point for you deciding to do your own thing? So I had an idea before influencers. I wanted to create a blogger network of some sort or a blogger agency. You know, I was working for one of our national magazines and I knew that their reach, like their, I would look at their Google analytics and stuff like that. And I'm like, they don't really reach that many people. And I had friends that were bloggers who I knew blogs were doing better than our national magazines blogs. Whoa, interesting. So I was, or like online versions. 
so I'm like, wait a minute, like they actually have more reach, but the advertisers only know about the big name brands. They don't know about this person's blog or that person's blog. But like if you're selling, if you're buying advertising, you want to buy where there are eyeballs. So I'm like, these people are like, they have a, they have no idea that you can, can get advertisers and they don't even realize that their reach is better than these like magazines that sell massive campaigns. So I was like, someone needs to like represent them and like put a network together. But this was already sort of happening in the US. So like, as I'm thinking of these things, it's already happening. Blogger Mm -hmm. networks were popping up everywhere in the US. They started to pop up in Canada. So then my idea was like, okay, well that's kind of happening. You know, I didn't get on that one. I was like so young when I thought of it. So I, I kept working in the magazine industry. I was an editor in chief. I would sell, go with the sales team to sell branded content opportunities um, to brands. We would be selling advertising for the magazine and advertisers would be like, so do you know any influencers? Because we would love to spend like this much of our budget on influencers. So, so they were already saying that. Yeah, because they knew that that was growing. And so what happened was in Canada that magazines and even in the US or big online kind of things like Refinery29 or whatever, um, would sell a campaign and then incorporate some of the budget to influencers. That way the advertisers were still working with the same people because they still didn't really know how to like reach out to influencers. Um, And then I had the idea again. I was like, oh my God, it's happening again. I'm like, I should do now an influencer network because like bloggers, what is bloggers anymore? Now they're on social media. They're sort of... They're one and the same essentially now, right? Yeah. We should do this. Like, I think we should like do this. And my boss at the time was like, you know, um, we should really focus on like the magazines we own because you can't own influencers. You can only like represent them. And he was more interested in like selling his company at some point. And when you sell a company, if you actually like own the thing, you you can, whatever. I don't know. You can sell for more or whatever. Um, whereas with a talent agency, you sell based on billings and it's a whole different thing. So he wasn't taking my idea or taking it on. And I kind of kept saying in every meeting, I'm like, we need to be doing more with influencers. We need to be doing more. And then just kind of got to a point where I was like, why am I giving my idea away? I know it'll work and no one's taking it or, so it's like, why don't I just do it? And at that time there was like two influencer agencies in Canada So I was like, well, here I go. But I said I wouldn't quit my job until I get six influencers to agree. A week later, I had six agreed. And I was like, okay, it's time to start an influencer talent agency. Sick. And that's what I do now. Cool. So tell us about Platform. So Platform represents about 34 now. Um, Wow. Yeah. It's been a very busy month. You just Um, keep adding your roster. It's amazing. We are growing and we're growing our staff and everything too, just because obviously like the demand is growing um, for influencer marketing. And I'll use the word influencer because I'm kind of trying to take that word back now. I think the, the word has become a little bit dirty, but I think it still really is the best way to explain what we do. Um, so we represent about 34 influencers across Canada. Um, the type of influencer are basically like really amazing storytellers. So they have beautiful photography. They have really well-written, thoughtful blogs. They, they stand for something like they, they actually have a voice. They, um, they genuinely influence people to do stuff, whether that is take action or in their communities or it's politics or it's 
eat better or, you know, whatever it is. Um, so we sort of look for like, are these people really influencing people? And if they are, um, we sign them, um, and we become their agents. And what we do is we broker their brand partnerships. Um, another reason why I started platform was I was seeing like influencer partnerships popping up and I just found them to be like, really like not believable. (laughs) Like it would just be someone like, I love Febreze. And <laughs> out of nowhere with and no that's it. story and I behind have, it. Yeah. yeah, and I'm just holding the bottle and it means nothing. Like it's just when we were magazine editors, you know, and creating branded content, we had to make it really like the story makes sense because our readers would be like, well, why are you shoving this product down my throat unless there's really something behind it? So we would talk to scientists. We would interview, you know, dermatologists. If it was a skincare product, we would find out why this product worked and why you know we are at like promoting it in the magazine we i wanted to have to sign influencers that had that like same amount of care for their content and their audience what are the biggest challenges of being an entrepreneur so many i feel like they're and i blame it i know i'm like a social media person and my whole business social media but i do blame a little bit on social media that um i think we paint a really pretty picture of entrepreneurship and make it seem like it's really easy. Um, now everyone wants to be their own boss and think that the minute they're their own boss, they're going to be rich and it's like, glamorized and for like, sure. they're not going to have to work as much and they can just like do whatever they want. And yeah, it's going to be easy. And I, and I guess I really want to shift it a little bit and explain to people like it is going to be the hardest thing you ever do. It is not easy. It's not even close to easy. And you are not rich. (laughs) You are literally like, you will empty out your bank account into your business's bank account or empty out your savings multiple times because there are so many things that you cannot predict. You can't predict that Canada Post is going to go on strike for three weeks and you won't get paid from any of your oh, vendors for yeah. three weeks. Oh my or God, I like about you, that. <laughs> you can't predict like things happen all the time that like you're responsible for. When you worked for a corporation or when you worked for another business, you were never responsible for those things. Your check was guaranteed in the mail on that day. You went home at five, you didn't give two craps about what was going on. All you had to do was show up forty hours a week and you got your money. When I think about it, if I if that could be my life right now, it would be a dream. That is not your life when you're an entrepreneur. I mean, my advice to people is like start a business with as little startup costs as possible. Something like starting a restaurant or a store or a gym. There's a lot or spa. There's a lot you have to buy. Then you have to think about all the staff. You haven't even started making money. Now you gotta think about your lease, your insurance, you know, all the pro- software and programs you have to pay for. It just starts to add up. So I think I was lucky because we were able to start our company with two computers and two cameras. Like we were like social media, so we had to buy our cameras, right? That's That was our startup cost. So we waited five months to get an office. We thought we were like, we're, wait, five, six months to get an office and that's when we'll hire our first person. And we did that and it was all good. Now I'm, my team is now um, five people. Um, and that's even scary because I'm thinking like that's five salaries. So I need to make sure I'm good for that money if we have a bad month or you start to sort of realize like you're the one who has to make sure everyone goes home at five feeling like nothing's wrong. They get their check and everything's good. 
And so having that responsibility, which is like an enormous responsibility, is a lot. For us, like we've got 34 influencers, 90% of those are full-time content creators. They don't pay their mortgages or pay for their weddings or their, you know, dogs shots if I don't provide them with those partnerships. So you really like go through life going, holy crap, I have a lot of weight on my shoulders. So if someone does want to be an entrepreneur because it sounds exciting and it'll, you know, set their own hours or do their own thing, it's not that simple. Yeah. It's not all under your control at some yeah. point, especially when you have employees. Yeah. That changes a lot. I think there's a lot to be said for just a good old nine to five. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people stick in there. I know this is supposed to inspire you to be an entrepreneur, but until you're ready and you have the savings and you have all your ducks in a row, which like, luckily I have an entire family of entrepreneurs who like, if I had done this three years earlier than I had would be like, absolutely not. Like they're like, you need to have a perfect credit score. You need at least three months of your salary in the bank to like cover yourself, to pay your rent. When I prove to them, I'm like, I have all this. They're like, let's see the business plan. So I put the business plan. They're like, make sure your projections are realistic. Not like, ooh, this would be like the best case scenario. They're like, give us the worst case scenario projections. And they're like, once you can prove all that, they're like, okay, cool. Now you're going to go to an accountant and you're going to tell that to an accountant and see what they tell you. And then now you're going to go to the bank and you're going to see if they'll give you a line of credit. And if they don't, then that means you're not ready. So they like really put me through everything to ensure that like, okay, you're ready, start your business. There's so many things you never, ever think about. You always just think about what, how good it's going to be. You never think about the hard parts. How do you handle the weight of all of it? Well, I train in the gym. <laughs> Go to the Honestly, like that's what I do. My self-care has been working out. I mean, I will go for like a facial or like, you know, meditate get a massage and here get and a there. massage yeah. here and there. But that's more like cuz I my back is always hurting cuz I'm <laughs> old now. But um no, I really like that's been my only form of like self-care. The other day I went it was on Tuesday I went to a boxing class in the morning and I felt like I like like I, when I punched that bag I was like really getting all my frustration out and I walked into work and I was so calm that my employees were like what's wrong <laughs> and I'm like no I'm just calm I punched stuff for an hour They're like oh, okay that makes sense <laughs> I'm like that is just that idea of like you know and for for a lot of people it's like yoga really sends them out my, my thoughts would be racing through my head if I was doing something really like low key. Even when I go to meditate, um, I go to home here in Toronto and I'll sit there for the entire half an hour thinking about what I have to do. The only thing that turns my brain off is like a hit workout or like an intense workout. You have to think about what you're doing. You can't just be like, doo, 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 doo. thanks for the inspiration. On that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any certain challenges as a woman in business? Have you run into any challenges that you feel are there specifically because you're a female entrepreneur? Yeah. I think the way it's mostly been in the way people classify me, like what they call me. I'm so sure of myself that when I walk into a business meeting or I walk into any sort of thing I'm straight to the point I'm you know loud like I am right now I'm just like this is what we're gonna do this is how we're gonna do it and I'm so sure of myself that I've been called 
things like um, abrasive or hard to work with or overly confident um, and those kind of things, especially when I was younger. Now I feel like I've proven myself enough that now I'm called other things. But when I was a little bit younger, I like I knew my ideas were better than others. I know that sounds really cocky <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry, but I love the confidence. It was like, I love it. I just knew that what I was saying had worth because I had done the research. I wasn't just saying something to say it. I knew what I was yeah. talking about. And if a guy came into the into the meeting and was like, I'm so sure. So I have a business partner who is male. <laughs> and he will present something with the same amount of enthusiasm and gusto as me. And people swoon. Like they literally, like their eyes go all twinkly. They're like, Wow. He's so inspiring. If I come into that same meeting and I'm like the same amount of, if it's a, if it's a boardroom of women, they're like, yes, girl, like they <laughs> love it. But if it's a mixed boardroom, I just see the men, like their faces, like, whoa, this girl is like a lot. And there's just been times where like, just in regular life, like we did a business meeting. It was me and my business partner, Daniel, and we did a business meeting and I got the bill at the end and the waiter was talking to me and they're like, oh, so he, that's your boss? You're here with your boss? And I'm like, what? 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 No. Hey, who says that? Like, oh, you're here with your boss? But like, what? Yeah, just based on appearances, despite that we're the same age, I think he was even wearing like a workout outfit. So it's <laughs> like, okay, I'm like dressed business. He's wearing a workout outfit. We're the same age. But that person's perception was that he was my boss okay, well, I actually own the company, so (laughs) that's always going to happen. And it tends to be like if I do a speaking engagement, um, people will come up after me and be like, wow, you're so bright. And it's like, would you just, what? (laughs) Would you say that to a guy? Like he, he finishes like, whoa, like I was surprised you were smart. That's basically what they're saying to me. Like you don't use the word bright in a way, unless you're sort of like talking down to someone. Yeah. And I get told I'm bright all the time. So it's like, it's more the words people use that I see. It's not that doors have been closed because I feel like I've had fairly like good opportunities. It's just the words that they use. It's just, you know, I think you and I were working out. Remember we were working out at the gym and a guy walked in and he goes, and you were like, okay, Sarah, next move, this, this, this. Like, oh very. Oh my gosh. You were like, yes, I remember you were just this. literally doing oh your job. And he goes, like, whoa, you're bossy. He called me bossy. Yeah. And walked out onto the patio. We yeah. both looked at each other, like, what did he just say? You, I you was were doing so nothing other offended. than. Yeah. I was coaching. That was it. Maybe in my authoritative coaching voice, but probably not even. Probably not even. You were just like, okay, so next step, squats. Like, yeah, <laughs> right. You're bossy. <laughs> But like even that, like the word bossy, and you would only ever use that with a girl. You never call a boy bossy. That's just like, that'd be weird, right? I was definitely bossy. Mm -hmm. So growing up, that would be something I would be called. And it makes you as a girl say, oh, what I'm doing is bad. Right. How did you keep your confidence despite that? I don't know. Where does your confidence come from, (laughs) Sarah? (laughs) I love it. Oh, where does it come from? It's funny because it only exists in one pillar of my life. So Mm. I'm only confident when it comes to my business and work. I don't think I'm confident in any other part of my life. So I think it was the fact that I 
I'm 10 years younger than my older brother who started his business when he was 19. My dad was an entrepreneur. My other brother is an entrepreneur too. I watched them run their businesses and they never really hit anything. So it was like, I saw what mistakes were made. I saw how they fixed things. I listened to every conversation. They probably thought I had no idea what they were talking about, but I listened. I've been learning how to do this since I was nine years old. So I know what I'm talking about. It's like if you're a gymnast in the Olympics and you've been training since you were four, you want me to do a backflip, that's easy. Like, I know I've been doing this my whole life. Whereas like other things, I feel like I'm a total, do not, like I'm horrible. Every, literally everything else. Like I'm, I always tell people cause they're like, you're so good at things. I'm like, I'm good at one thing. I'm literally only good at one thing. Everything else is we got to figure out how to translate your confidence <laughs> to other things for sure. Well, I've had like, actually, like I had a boyfriend once be like, work Sarah and personal Sarah are so different that like you need to put more of work Sarah into personal. I would be like so insecure and so like jealous and like get into fights with him and like just wasn't um, like sure of myself at all. Like you're so sure of yourself when you're at work and you're this like fierce person but in your personal life you're like "Mm, do you like me i don't know if you like me or not i don't know i don't know if i know that sarah you don't don't know i know i know silly gym sarah which is a side of you i also love (laughs) i'm very silly i think being a little sister like and like really little because my brothers are much older than me was like i just stayed a kid for so long because like that was the role that I played. <laughs> it was like the little sister. Yeah, it's interesting mm-hmm. that you talk about these two different personas. Eric and I were actually just talking about um, his mom came to one of our all day fit classes yeah. um, that I was coaching. And so I went into coaching mode and yeah. I was like, oh, which yeah. I'm sure of myself when I'm coaching. Like, yeah, I know my shit. I feel like mm-hmm. I practice. Like, I'll coach anybody, right? And it was interesting because the feedback was like, wow, it was so different to see you in your element. Because normally mm-hmm. I am pretty introverted, like in yeah. life, and I'll tend to stay quieter. And you I've are. had similar, like, yeah. just sort of like not super confident about myself, things that I've dealt with. But then I walk into the gym setting and I become a coach. And all of a sudden I feel like Because you a know what person. you're doing. Because I know what's up. Yeah. Exactly. So, and it's interesting though, because when I put that hat on, I feel like that hat stays even with like my personal relationships, mm. like through the all day fit community. I yeah. feel for some mm. reason just way more confident in that than I do in some of my like relationships that have nothing to do with work. Yeah. So we got to figure out how we translate like that, that into other parts of life. I think it's totally possible. It's yeah. interesting. It's something to think about because yeah, like even like I go to therapy and my therapist will when I'm like, oh, I don't know about this situation. Like, I don't know what to do. And I get all in my head. And she's like, Sarah, look what you've done with your life. You're a powerhouse. For me, like this year has really been like, okay, you've, you've like mastered that. Now, how do you change all the other things? Like, how do you improve all the other facets of your life? You've been um, doing a lot of work on yourself this year. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you kind of have to. Like, you get to a certain point that if you... If you don't, like you're setting, I feel like in your 30s, you're setting yourself up for the rest of your life. If you don't figure your shit out now, what are you going to figure it out in your 40s? You're going to be set in your ways. 30 is really a transformative time. Like you got all that craziness out in your 20s. Your 30s are like, okay, who am I going to be now? 
who who am I as an adult? Also, I overthink everything, so I always think I need to like do a bunch of stuff. <laughs> You're doing okay, babe. Yeah. Just bought a house. Super exciting. It's That's not. <laughs> It is, I promise. You're just stressed right Another now. Another thing I need to tell people, don't buy houses. No, oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I'm that. totally kidding. I'm, <laughs> I'm super excited for you. Once you're in it, you're going to be... Yeah. So that's another thing where so I like happy. the like woman thing. First it was like, I'm going to rent. And then when I find my Mr. Right, I'm going to buy a condo. And then I was like, no, I'll buy my own condo. And I bought my own condo. And then... I was like, I'm going to stay in this condo until I find Mr. Right, and then we'll buy our dream host house together. And then, like, a few years went by, and I'm like, no, I'm just going to do that. Why am I waiting? Like, who is yeah. this guy that's going to, like, most of the guys, like, I I meet are, like, still living in mom's basement. Like, they don't, you know, like, yeah. I don't, you know, I'm sure I'm, there's better guys out there. <laughs> but, and there's nothing wrong with those guys either. I'm just saying, like, I don't know why in my head. I'm taught, or I think that a guy is going to take me to the next step of my life. It would be very, yeah, it'd be challenging for you to find a guy that's, like, done more or farther along in his career and his success than you. I'm serious. I'm serious. I hope there is I'm sure there there is, but that's a whole other conversation. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Dating. This is now a dating podcast where we set Sarah up on several dates and just, we just record how awkward she is. She's looking, guys. She's looking. She's so awkward. I am the last person that should ever host a dating podcast, so this cannot be that. I I literally never dated. I know nothing. Okay. I, I want what you have. Never having to date and then just having a wonderful. Husband. I don't know what Tinder is. Like I don't know what swiping is. You do not want to know the whole thing. You do not want to know. Yeah, I'm all about chemistry and like cute little like oh, giggles and like you flirted with me and I flirted with you. I don't feel like you can get that off of that. I feel like it's an in-person it's calculated. Thing. It's very like it's too calculated. Yeah, this is a good segue into social media because. That is what I'm essentially trying to figure out how to solve when it comes to social media. See how I did that? That was amazing. Thank you, you should be hosting. Much. Thank you very much. <laughs> In high school, I was, I, was, I was voted most likely to have their own talk show just because I never stopped talking. But no, <laughs> Sarah I talks through every single one of our workouts. She actually forgets what she's done because she just talks right through it. But it's amazing. And then when she stops talking and actually just concentrates on the exercise, she's like, wow, this is actually really hard. Wow, I really felt that. <laughs> I say, wow, that's actually really hard in all of our workouts. Yeah. And you're like, why would I not give you something that's hard? <laughs> what do you hard? think we're doing here? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what I'm expecting. Okay, social media. Yeah, authenticity. It's hard. I feel like... So that's what I'm trying to do, and that's what I'm trying to like pass on to the people that we represent. Okay, you think about the best commercials you've ever seen. What did they like do? They like they make, make you cry. They make you cry. Yeah, it's like or the, actually laugh out loud. Or laugh. It's something yeah. that like appeals to your emotions. So I think what a lot of people are missing the mark on when it comes to influencer marketing or social media in general is remembering that mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, just handing over someone a product to be like, I love this. It fits in my life great. You know, whereas there was this amazing Canadian tire campaign where they, you know, for tires, and you're thinking, okay, a tire campaign. Uh, let's talk to, like, car guys and whatever, whatever. 
But what they did instead, which was so brilliant, was they gave um, a set of tires to an expecting mother who was going to be giving birth in the winter because when you're taking your newborn baby back from the hospital in the middle of a snowstorm, what do you want? The most oh. reliable tires you can buy. Now, does that not make that you? Chills. Yes, that's I'm picturing what, it. Exactly. That's so beautiful. So we try and think of those types of campaigns. You know, we're not the people selling fit tea on the internet. And I think, you know, I get DMs from people who like just generally know what I do, but have never really looked into it. Who send me a DM and they're like, "You're the pro- you have a problem in- with the world right now. Like you're the oh, one. Yeah. You're making money off of." what's worst in our, you know, about social media. And it's like, actually, have you like taken time to look at our campaigns? Have you taken time to see what we're trying to do and what we're trying to change? That's sort of the intention behind all of it. I mean, there are plenty of people out there who will just take the money and do whatever, but Mm -hmm. we're really trying to change that. When you see the ad, you're like, okay, that added some value in my day. Like that was good for me. And I'm now going to consider that product. Yeah. So what do yeah. you what do you look for? You look for authenticity in content. Yeah. You look Good for storytelling. Pulls out that emotion. Storytelling. Yeah. yeah. I think everything. We're all just telling stories. Like that. I think we had a meeting the other day, and we were just saying we're all just telling stories. Like that's what it is. Social media has the word social in it. So mm-hmm. you're supposed to be building a community. And I think a lot of people get on social media and they scroll, 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 judge, 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 and they don't do anything to socialize or. And I think the people who are getting the best out of social media and who are like, wow, like loving it are the people who are socializing and creating a community of like-minded people. And they get like you, like you have been doing and like all of the all day fit people have been doing is you guys have created this amazing community of positivity that can be social media. But if you're the person scrolling, 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 judging, 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 chirping, 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 that's that's what you're gonna get right back. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. There are two. There are definitely two very different ends of the spectrum in the way that you can mm-hmm. approach social media and the kinds of accounts that you follow. Yeah, it can be very um, about aesthetics and mm-hmm. judgmental, or you can just follow the people that are putting out real shit, mm-hmm. and then you can actually get so much value from it. And yeah. it can be a very positive experience to scroll through, and you want to comment and totally and connect with people through it. So. Well, like I think about how I use social media. So I follow a lot of female entrepreneurs that inspire me. So that's great. I follow like buying a house, right? So I follow a bunch of like decor accounts um, from different, you know, Canadian or or American um, interior designers. And I'll be like, oh, where'd you get that, you know, table or whatever. And so I get my information from there. And then I follow a few girls who like have similar hair and skin tone and um, body type as I do to be like, okay, I see what you're wearing. I see what products you're using. I follow people who post recipes that are like in line with the way I eat. I follow you who posts, you know, workouts that I can do. So it's just the same as go to a newsstand and you pick the magazines that like you want to learn stuff from. Mm -hmm. That's the same way I approach social media. I don't just follow someone because they're hot in a bikini or in a speedo, I guess, in that case. Um, I <laughs> hey, follow you can, people. You can look I mean, for anything that, you, you know, want. <laughs> I can, maybe that is something I enjoy too, but I'm saying I follow people because they're bringing me some sort of value. So when people come to me and they're like, I want to be an influencer, 
I'm like, what value are you bringing people? What are you helping people figure out? Like, what are, what's your stance on stuff? I think a lot of people just think as long as I have pretty pictures, I'm doing this correctly. If you're not providing that value, then those pretty pictures, like, what are they good for? Unless someone following you is really into photography and wants to take pretty pictures too. Let's say you're um, having trouble coming up with an authentic Mm -hmm. post or an authentic story. Where should you draw inspiration from? I always say like, don't post unless you're feeling it because Mm -hmm. I always feel like the law of attraction, right? Like if you're feeling really amazing and you post something on social media, you'll notice that you're like, your audience can feel that enthusiasm and like come back. If you are not feeling it and you post it on social media, you'll be like, oh, that bombed. And then you'll feel even worse. You're so right. Oh my God. So just never, there is no... And I feel like I have to like correct people because so many people have been teaching that you need to post certain amount of times and do a certain, that doesn't exist. I think you post when you're feeling it. Again, if you want social media to be your full-time job or it's part of your job, you got to kind of figure out a way to get motivated. And like, just like writers, freelance writers who like write for magazines or newspapers, they, you know, they have to write in times when they don't really feel like writing. So they figured it out. Mm -hmm. So I think with social media, you figure that out. But to get inspired, sometimes it's not about like every post doesn't have to be inspiring either. If you want to post and you don't know what to post that day, sometimes just talking about the truth and what's happening in your life, other people are like, yeah, I don't feel like doing anything productive or inspiring today either. You know, it's, <laughs> it's amazing how you can appeal to other people by just being like authentic. The fact that you don't know what to post is a real feeling. Before you post, you know, a few things to think about is, does your post ignite an emotion? You know, the emotion doesn't make people cry, but <laughs> does it make people laugh? Does it make people go, hmm, you know, that's interesting. You know, whatever it is, is it ignited an emotion? Um, is it on brand? So if you're a teacher and your whole Instagram account is all about like teaching youth and like being, you know, whatever, and then you post like some drunk night from a club, <laughs> probably not on brand. So I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, you know, is your audience online? A lot of people are like, oh, my post bombed. Well, you probably posted when your audience wasn't online because the first 20 minutes of your post being live basically tells the ad- algorithm what it's going to do. So if, it, if you're posting when you know all of your friends, like the closest people to you are also like scrolling through Instagram and they're all like, yes, girl, like, yes, this is great. Love this, whatever. Then Instagram's like, oh, okay, people really like this post. And then it brings it out to more people. Mm. But if you post in the middle of the night when you know all your friends are sleeping, they're not going to like give you those comments that is going to tell the the algorithm to like get it out there what's the best way to know is it just trial and error does that the best way to know timing wise yeah i get a lot of questions from people about like what time of day is best to post i know it's definitely dependent on your followers but how do you figure it out literally like it's so easy that it's almost funny when do you sit down and scroll through instagram that's when you post so a lot of people are like you know on the run like Mm -hmm going to meeting to me and they don't have time to be like, oh, but I got to get this post out. So if you don't have time to get the post out, why would your audience be online to like see it? For me, the time that like always kills it is like 8 p.m. Everyone's mm-hmm. on their couch, you know, eating pizza, watching The Voice and scrolling through Instagram. And that's my audience, okay? <laughs> so, 
They're going to. The Voice? I don't know. I just, I watch The Voice. I like it. Or The Bachelor. I'll see The Bachelor. It's more widely. I'm almost accepted. done, by yeah. the way. I'm, <laughs> finally, I'm almost done with the finally, show. Finally. finally. talk to each other. I know. Um, so, yeah. So if everyone's sitting home watching The Bachelor and scrolling through, you know, Twitter to see all the funny, like, memes about The Bachelor episode, that's when you're going to tweet or that's when you're going to Instagram. In the morning, like when people just wake up, you know, you wake up, you take your phone, you start scrolling through because you're like, I have 15 minutes before I have to get out of bed. Perfect time to post. Mm -hmm. Or at night when people are like, I just laid down, I have like a half an hour to scroll and then I'm going to like doze off. Perfect time to post. Lunch hour, everyone at a desk job is like, you know, eating their lunch in front of their computer scrolling through. Great time to post. Is it, you know, do you have a lot of... Friends who are commuters who like sit on the streetcar at four or five p.m. You know, great time to post. I see. So yeah. you just have to think about your day and like what the day is like for the people who follow you. And Easy it's enough. not the same for everybody. It depends yeah. on your audience. Like we have some mom bloggers who like to post once kids go to sleep because they know other moms will be online. Um, we have some bloggers who have like big audiences in Asia, so they like post on their schedule. What difference? So social media has become a platform for business, obviously. So even me, like, because I have a clientele, I have a clientele that's also looking for me to have a social media presence. I find that it takes a lot of time, for sure, for me, who I'm not making any money off of my account. I'm not an influencer, but I'm building my brand still Mm -hmm. on Instagram. How do you suggest people find balance between those two things and knowing that you want to have the social media presence, but it's a lot of time out of your day and a lot of effort. You Mm -hmm. also don't want to end up spending all of your free time thinking about getting content and posting it on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Where's the balance in all of that? A, you have to look at where are your clients coming from? If If you're doing social media for business, you sort of have to look at it like where are you going to spend your time? If the majority of your clients are gonna come from social media, then that's a good way to spend your time. If they're not, then you know maybe use it as a way to like, maybe you post less frequently and you just sort of use it so that it's like kind of like a website so when people wanna look you up to be like, is she legit? They're like, oh yeah, she has like decent photos. She you know, talks about her work and talks about her clients. Okay, I trust her. But if you're finding like the majority of your business is coming from social media, then it plays a huge role in your, it should play a huge role in your marketing um, and what you do. Like, I don't know what it is for the fitness world, but I was reading um, an advertising magazine that said 78% of uh, clients in the hospitality industry get referred by social media. So, for example, you're scrolling through Instagram and you see that like BlogTO posted that Toronto has a new cheese, uh, you know, cheesecake place. I don't know why that came to mind. Um, clearly, I want cheesecake. Um, you got and something it's delicious. On <laughs> and you're like, damn, I'm gonna go there. You walk in, they're like, how did you find out about, out about us? I saw you on Instagram. Seventy-eight percent of people who go to hotels or restaurants or anything in the hospitality industry are being referred by social media. That is a huge number. Huge number. But if you think about it, is that not true? I think my family and I all went on a massive vacation because we saw another family on Instagram go on this, go to the same resort. And we were like, oh, and we like watched the videos, what the rooms looked like, 
what the pool looked like, how they enjoyed it, what their food was like. And we were like, cool, I now know what it looks like. And look at how, yeah, so much information that you just got from that. My sister-in-law went on a Facebook group of like other moms, said like, this is the resort we're planning to go to, found like three other moms who had recently gone to the resort and like gave her tips like, oh, by the way, ask the front desk for this. Um, This restaurant has really good kids food, blah, 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 and was able to like figure out her whole trip. So I think if your business can boom using social media, then definitely put the effort behind it. We, you know, run these social media workshops and the main people that come to them are like interior designers because it's a really visual thing. So they're using Pinterest and Instagram to show off what they do. Realtors, because again, like, Instagram, you can target Facebook, you can target people by location and you can, you know, who want, who might want to buy the property. Um, and then we get a lot of like healthcare practitioners, whether it's like physios or dentists or chiropractors who like use social media to like get new, um, clients. So I think that, oh, and definitely like makeup artists and hair stylists, because that is, you know, again, very visual thing. They know that their business is dependent on social media and so they're willing to put the time into it the great thing about social media is you can do it for zero dollars whereas other marketing costs you a lot of money so if we go back 10 years and your options weren't social media you would be placing ads in the in the newspaper or you would be placing an ad in a magazine and that is expensive and so what happened well you know, small businesses didn't do well because the only people who had the money to market themselves were these massive corporations. Now, anyone can be a success. So it's really kind of cool, but kind of evens it out. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. The biggest cost is time. The biggest cost is time. And yeah, I mean, it's hard. I think you get better at it as you go. I remember I'm definitely not easy in front of the camera and all that stuff. I think people have that perception because what I do but I used to waste so much time just freaking about out about the fact that I had to take a picture. It was like an hour of being like, oh, I gotta take a picture. Like I need to procrastinate, I need to procrastinate. I don't wanna take this picture. Ugh. And now I'm just like, let's just do it. Takes two seconds, whatever. This is what my face looks like. People see my face every day. Like I don't need it to look anything different. Just take the picture, let's, let's be done. <laughs> and so I think once you kind of get over that hurdle of like trying to reach for perfection, then I think it becomes really quick and easy. It's way more authentic as well yeah. when you don't try to strive for perfection. People the are attracted to The less I try and the more I'm just like freaking myself and I don't sit there and overanalyze, the better it goes. Mm-hmm. And it's so much less stressful for me. Yeah. So much less stressful. The thing about like this is how everyone sees how I look every day. It's I can't get over the people who like over filter and over edit their face or their body because it's like you walk through life and you see your friends and you see people on the street every day and they're looking at you. So they're saying, wow, you're pretty here. They're saying, oh, I love your outfit or whatever. They're seeing you unfiltered every day. What, like why then when you go and take a picture for social media, do you have to look completely different? Mm-hmm. Then, why, do, why do people freak out about it so much? I don't, it, like, why do we get so worked boggles, up about the, the pictures? It boggles my mind because when I take a picture and it's like, if I'm kind of bending over and maybe I have a roll on my side, I'm like, well, that's what I look like. Like, 
everyone in the restaurant who saw me bending over saw the roll on my side. So if it's in the picture, like, what? It matters if it's in the picture. Yeah, it's like we don't realize, because we can't see ourselves when we walk through life. Yeah. Like, we're not observing ourselves in that moment, right? Yeah. Like, But everyone knows what you look like. Right. But we see the picture, yeah. so then all of a sudden we freak out. But yeah, you're so right. Like, your boyfriend's still dating you, your parents still love you, Mm -hmm. you know, you still got a job, so it obviously isn't that offensive. So, like, just relax. Yeah. Love it. Like, it's, it is what it is. Everyone else does, so why are you freaking out? And I won't sign someone who I know alters their body in photos. Mm. That's, like, the biggest no-no for me. There have been some amazing people that approach me with many followers, lots of influence, and people are like, why did you turn that person down? Because their legs are s- three feet longer on Instagram. <laughs> That's not their legs. I know what they're, they're f- five feet tall. Why do they look, you know, eight feet tall on Instagram? So I think that like, I am done. Like, I can't do that. I can't support that. I can't be behind that. How do you, do you ever struggle to find balance? Because your whole world is social media. Do you mm-hmm. ever struggle to turn it off? Yes. Step away? Yep. I waste so much time. Ugh, I'm trying to figure it out. I think what I've figured out now is I say to myself, Sarah, this is your job. So at f- after five o'clock, there's no reason to continue doing your job. And my job is literally social media, right? Mm-hmm. Like looking at, okay, did this person post this on time? Do they do this? You know, are they doing anything like weird that I need to like make sure they're not doing on social media? But after five, that's it. Like my day's done. The clients are not looking at, you know, why am I? I have to like remind myself that that's now, I'm now on my time. So if I choose to use my time to look on social media, then it's got to be like something that is adding some sort of value. So it's like, yeah, looking for like new tables for my kitchen or doing stuff like that, like on Pinterest or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that's my time. But it shouldn't be just like aimlessly scrolling and sucking up all the time that I need to like rest and recharge for the next day. And I get really, really mad at myself when I realize that I've just spent like an hour scrolling through Instagram and achieved nothing when that was my like coveted time that I rarely get. It's like gets gets on my nerves. So just trying to remember like, okay. So what I do now is I walk in my front door when I finish work and I plug my phone in in my bedroom. I, I don't have any notifications for emails or social media. I did that a long time ago. So like if you send me a message on Instagram, I won't know until I check again. Anyone sending me DMs, now you know. Um, so, I don't know. So <laughs> I have my ringer on so I know that if someone calls me or texts me, then I can look at it because it's probably important. And then I actually find like I actually watch TV. Do you notice that you oh like watch gosh, shows? Yeah. Like, you have no idea what happened. But I don't actually know what happened. Eric calls me out on that all the time. Yeah. I'm so bad. When he's not around and I'm watching a show by myself, yeah. I don't watch the show. I watch my phone. Yeah. But for some reason, he like holds me accountable to actually putting my phone down and <laughs> mm-hmm. watching the damn show. And then yeah. I know what happens. It's so much more entertaining. Yeah. It's so much better. <laughs> what was it that? Okay. Yeah. I was like, I think it was like Game of Thrones or something where it's like one of those shows where you have to like pay You got to be dialed. Yeah. Because one thing happens and you don't know what's going on for the next two seasons. I would have to like, I'd be watching and then like, I'd look at my phone and i start scrolling and then I'd be like, oh, wait, what happened? And then i like put my phone down, stop, rewind. And then I realized it took me like three hours to watch oh one episode. Like, what That's is wrong with me? So now like Game of Thrones is coming back and my phone is going to be nowhere near me. 
because I can't do that. I have one final question for you. Okay. What makes you excited to get out of bed in the morning? Oh, you know, seeing my trainer, Casey. <laughs> I did <laughs> not tell her laugh. to say that. <laughs> Getting to laugh and work out at the gym. I told someone the other day, I was like, when we train, I feel like I'm playing. And they're like, what? That's not how I, my experience is. And I'm like, no, like I, what I do is I ask Casey to give me like kind of crazy moves. So it feels like, you know, when you're a kid in the, like in, at recess and you're like, look what I can do. And then you're like, oh, let me try that. And you're I'm like, I'm pretty sure you literally have said that before. Yeah. On some so of the things we do. You are the kid that's like, look what I can do. And then I'm like, I can do that. And so it's like that. <laughs> Oh my god, it's so embarrassing. This is why I'm only good at one thing, guys. I'm not good at anything else. But um, that's how I look at it. I'm like, we're just like playing for an hour. That's why I'm like, wow, this is actually really hard. Because I think in my head, I'm going to play at recess. <laughs> I am five years old going to play at recess. That's like really the best. That's the yeah. best way you can approach your training, though. Yeah. It makes it enjoyable. So you actually look forward to it. Versus yeah. people that are grinding in the gym and it's miserable and they it should procrastinate not be that going. Way. No, it shouldn't at all. No, I'm I excited love your because mentality I s- around it. Yeah, I sit at a desk all day. It's so you're not doing anything. And I get excited when I can like. I don't know, jump around and do crazy stuff. Um, and then when you like do something you've never done before that you didn't even think was possible, like you feel so badass. And then you walk around all day being like, look at my bicep. <laughs> like, did you see my bicep? Have you seen my bicep today? It is unreal. You need to see it. So I, I get excited. It like pumps me up. So I say that is it. So going to work out in the morning gets me excited. I always try to work out in the morning. Because by the end of the day, I'm so exhausted, I like can barely like stand. <laughs> so the morning is the best time. And it gives you that break in between because I think if you just wake up and you go right to work, like the stress is just like right away. Mm-hmm. But sorry, I clapped and then I know we're on microphone. That's okay. But anyway, <laughs> um, so, <laughs> but if you take that time to like wake up, go to the gym, you let, you let your body and your mind start to work, and then you go into work, I feel like you start the day way more productive. The days I don't do that, I find I go into the office and I kind of like linger around and talk to people and then go to the kitchen and get something to drink. It's like I can't like get right into it. Um, other ways, other things that make me excited to get up in the morning. <laughs> Why can't I think of anything else? Um, no, it's definitely like I do love what I do. And it's exciting. It's exciting to like, while it's very extremely stressful and there's a lot of pressure and a lot of responsibility, it's very rewarding to know that like, despite all of that, you are still going and you're still doing it. Awesome. Mm -hmm. How can people find you? How do we connect with you? How do we find out more about platform? Yes. So the best way, um, um, you can definitely find us on Instagram um, at platform underscore media. Or me, uh, Sarah Kunar on Instagram. S A R A K O O N A R. Come, come, snoop. See what we're doing and leave a comment. And let me know if you like it. Cool. What's uh, what's in the works for you guys? What's on the horizon? <sighs> Everything and anything. No. Um, we have a social media workshop coming up on June first. So basically, it's called Platform. It's for everyone. Um, so if you're a fitness instructor and you're looking to like you know, get better social media or you're a dentist or you want to be an influencer. It's for everyone. So we're going to be having that on June 1st in downtown Toronto. So 
you can um, find that out on platform underscore media or there is a website for it platforum.ca Special thanks to Sarah for coming on the podcast. That was an absolutely amazing conversation. So much valuable information. Reminder to follow at How Do You Feel Podcast on Instagram for all the latest updates. We release a new episode every week. If you're interested in keeping up with my personal account, that's at KCMZav. You can find our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope everybody has a fabulous week.